Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. We're trying to get a local uh, victims advocacy group called Sea Haven to get him a hotel for the night so that you can have the van because they won't give you the hotel because you're the you're the one who is the primary aggressor gabby petito's family files a lawsuit against a utah police department saying if they would have acted she would still be alive today steven jensen one of the attorneys in the case breaks it down welcome to sidebar presented by long crime i'm jesse weber In a move that may not have come necessarily as a surprise to people who were following the case, the family of Gabby Petito is suing the Moab, Utah Police Department. The 22-year-old and her 23-year-old fiancé, Brian Laundrie, had embarked on a cross-country van road trip where they were documenting their adventures on social media. So, we are right outside Capitol Reef right now in a uh, free dispersed camp spot. And we're kind of like in the desert. (laughs) Very few trees. (laughs) But in September of 2021, Petito's body was found in Wyoming with a coroner determining that she had been strangled to death. As for Brian Laundrie, he had returned home to Florida without Petito and then he disappeared and his remains were found in October of 2021 with reports indicating that he died by suicide. A very tragic and a very sad case all around. Now, according to authorities, Laundrie actually wrote in a notebook that he killed Petito, but I do want to rewind a little bit back to August 12th, 2021. This is an important date. This was two weeks before Gabby Petito died. And this is when the couple were actually stopped by police in Moab, Utah, after someone called 911 saying that they saw laundry hitting Petito. So it was just, it was just more of a disagreement than I just wanted to say. What was the disagreement about? It was, it was, I wouldn't even call it disagreement. It was just, uh, I'm dirty and I can't change being dirty. Like I got dirty feet, I got sand in my foot pops and stuff like that. Uh, There's a few little, little things, little, just little mm-hmm. relationships. I don't know if you're in a relationship I've been married for over five years now. So. There's a lot of little things. That, yeah. yeah, I can go. Um, and we, I get it. We really, it we weren't physical before the point where I said, all right, let's 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 just take a breather and, and like, walk away for a minute. Gabby, this is 
very, very important question. How you answer this question is going to determine what happens next. But the only person who can answer this question is you. Think very hard before you answer the question. Do not quickly answer it. Think very hard. When you slapped him those times, were you attempting to cause him physical pain or physical impairment? Was that what you were attempting to do to him? No. What were, no. You, what were you attempting to do? What was the reason behind the slapping and stuff? What was, what was it you were attempting to accomplish by slapping? I was trying to get him to stop telling me and the officers ended up letting the couple go and determined that Petito was the aggressor in that incident. Well, now Gabby Petito's family is suing the police department, saying that they failed to follow the law and procedure and that if they had acted properly, Gabby would still be alive. Here's attorney James McConkie, who represents Gabby's family, explaining what this lawsuit is about at a recent press conference. Is that the purpose of this lawsuit is to honor Gabby's legacy by demanding accountability and working for change in the system to protect victims of domestic abuse and violence and to prevent such tragedies in the future. So let's get into the lawsuit right now. And I'm actually joined with one of the litigating attorneys for the Gabby Petito case, Stephen Jensen. Stephen is a partner at the litigation firm of Parker and McConkie in Salt Lake City, Utah, where he's handled a wide variety of personal injury cases throughout Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, all during the course of his 12 year career. And now we welcome him here to Sidebar. Stephen, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So why file this lawsuit now? Why at this point in time? Well, the, the family reached out to us after discovering some of the facts of what happened with the Moab CD police investigation. Their initial impression was just to find out. Their, their focus is, was on the investigation into Brian Laundry, And then as events unfolded, investigation unfolded, and they learned more, they discovered that Moab City Police made some missteps and committed error that they should not have committed. And so they reached out through one of their attorneys in New York to get uh, more thoughts on what claims they would have. So the lawsuit alleges four different causes of action, negligence, negligent hiring and supervision, survival, wrongful death. Besides the police department as an entity, the, the lawsuit also names the police chief, the assistant police chief, one officer, one former officer who I'm going to get into in a minute. What is the theory here? Can you break it down for us? What, what is the cause of action? What is the argument you have against the police department? Yeah. So all of those causes of action you just laid out are generally negligence claims. The The allegation is there's a standard of care that all officers and personnel need to follow when conducting an investigation. And that standard of care is set out by industry standards, by internal procedures, by their training. And when that standard of care is breached and they fall below that standard of care, we refer to that as negligence. Um, we're alleging that not only was were the investigating officers negligent, but also Moab City Police in the way they hired and trained their officers that also breached the standard of care. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But what specifically did they do wrong? So they had two individuals. They saw there was a domestic incident. I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I'll tell you, and I'd like your response. The Moab City spokesperson, Lisa Church, released a statement saying the attorneys for the Petito family seem to suggest that somehow our officers could see into the future based on this single interaction. In truth, on August 12th, no one could have predicted the tragedy that would occur weeks later and hundreds of miles away. And the city of Moab will ardently defend against this lawsuit. So you heard the their response to it, that how could these officers officers have known. They saw two people. Was it clear that there was violence? Was it clear who the aggressor was? What should have been done differently? Like any injury claim, um, there's usually a chain of events that lead up to the wrongful act that make that act predictable. And so here what you have is first and foremost, Utah law states that when officers encounter a domestic violence call, there are circumstances where you have to arrest a certain individual that's involved. And those elements were met here. Additionally, they were required to reach out to a third party for a lethality assessment test, which would have got Gabby on the phone speaking to a professional that would have asked her certain questions that may, you know, likely would have alarmed Gabby that she was in danger. They ignored a witness call that showed that Gabby was not the aggressor, that Brian was the aggressor. She had markings on her body that showed a physical altercation, particularly to her face. That, that's an aggressive move. There's no follow-up inquiry about that. They, they should have asked more questions. And then they would have understand understood that Brian was the aggressor. But again, going back to Utah law, this is outlined extensively in in the complaint we just filed but officer pratt was looking for a loophole he was trying to get around utah law and at one point he even says look this law is not discretionary and it's not discretionary because oftentimes the abuse go back to their abuser and this is to prevent that so they don't get killed that's foreseeability i mean he he vocalized his rationale and and he he vote he showed us he understood the purpose of the statute and he didn't follow it the legislatures have the statute in place because it is foreseeable when certain criteria met that one of the intimate partners lives is in danger this lawsuit is not about attacking any law enforcement and it's simply a statement that they fell below the standard of care and 
uh, they, they should be held accountable. But why do you think they did it, right? Is it because they were lazy? I mean, is the allegation that they were lazy? Is the allegation that they thought that Brian was telling the truth? Did they ignore Gabby? I mean, was it was it a situation where they said, you know what, we don't want to deal with it? What, what would be the rationale for police officers to look at these two people who, by the way, they separated into different areas and they did ask them both questions to at that point say, you know what, we're going to let it go. Why do you, Why would they have done this? We get new facts pretty regularly that give us a, a better insight in, into this claim. We're still in the early stages. But yeah, it does, it does appear to be uh, multiple factors. One being some laziness, the desire to avoid work, doing paperwork. That's even, that sentiment is expressed in the investigation. You know, this idea that, hey, if, if you take steps to arrest, it's going to result in more work. Eric Pratt, he, he had mentioned... In, in a podcast himself that he liked to find loopholes to law so that so that he didn't he didn't like officer work he said so he'd find loopholes so you know and that he, and he resigned right he he resigned yeah he he resigned and again there's there's a lot of facts still coming out about him and and uh, his background and reason for resigning some of which are, are troubling and and may carry over into to this case as well. And, and those facts also are laid out in the pleadings. But uh, and then, you know, I, I think these officers were not trained in some aspects as well as they should. You, you had Officer Pratt, who was the senior officer, essentially giving all the responsibility to junior officer saying, look, you do what you want. And and then the, the lack of questioning and following up on what happened, why Gab, Gabby was frantic in the car that you have Witnesses stating Brian was hitting her. There was another witness that came forward that was reported on that saw Brian hitting her. And Brian's very calm at the scene and and she's frantic. So they just concluded very quickly that Gabby's the aggressor. All of those given together and, and additional things as we lay out suggest that they were negligent. So, Stephen, we have about 30 seconds left. The last question I want to ask you is how can you tie what happened there to the killing? Because I'm sure the officers are going to come back and the police department's going to come back and say there's a million of uh, domestic violence calls all the time. Even when we arrest somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that the there could be situations where that we separate two people later on. A, a killing still happens. It still happens. Even if you stop them, there's times that the attacker would come back or or situations where you, you don't stop people and it doesn't result in this, doesn't result in someone being killed. So I'll give you about 30 seconds to answer that. I mean, how do you tie this event to the actual killing? We'll never know, but it definitely would have given her a chance. It, it would have made her aware, had she done the fatality assessment test, had they made an arrest, it would have elevated it. Other people would have intervened. There there would have been more awareness what kind of danger she was in. But the the fact the law is in place just for this reason and they didn't follow it, she she was not given that extra opportunity. Well, Stephen, listen, I think this is a really interesting case and could have an effect on police departments across the country. So as this as this case actually progresses, we would you have an open invite to come back here on Sidebar to talk about the new developments. You said there's facts that keep coming out. But Stephen Jensen, thank you for taking the time and speaking about this. It is a tragic case and this is just another update in it. Stephen, thank you. Thank you. And thanks so much, everybody, for joining us here on Sidebar. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. Speak to you next time.